Holy shit, my, 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 my voice is getting a little raspy from just doing that every single time. We're now on episode whew, 22, 23, Grace, I'm starting to lose track. But that's 22, all right, folks. Takes a lot out of you. I said to Grace, maybe we could just start doing just like a recording of that, you know? No, this is episode 23. That's 23, all right, folks. But then I thought about it. Celine Dion's been performing in Las Vegas. She's had a residency for like two months straight. Two decades straight, actually. She doesn't complain. Lady Gaga's been performing in Vegas for the past four years straight. She's not asking for any recording of her singing. Maybe Big Bob needs to just keep pushing through the all right folks. Bust it out every single time. Episode 23, here we are. While I have you here, I'd like to go ahead and remind you that the Brilliantly Dumb Show is brought to you none other than the one and only, the liquid gold, everybody's favorite, cleaning utensil, Windex. Whip it, wipe it, clean it, spray it. I put that shit on literally everything, folks. Big Bob here, dialed in on the mic behind the glass. You're listening to none other than Grace Abraham on the ones and twos. Just pronounced her last name wrong yet again, even though that was addressed on episode 17, 18, I believe. Here we are. First things first for our sports segment the Breeders' Cup just took place, a, another horse race that I don't really care about. I can't keep track of all the horses, who's where, who's what. But, you know, it's, 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 a, it's a fancy event. It's cool to see. It's cool to watch. Um, so I tuned in. It was on a Saturday afternoon. Um, you know, it was neat. The only thing, first off, I, I don't think announcers... Like, announcing is a tough thing to do. Like, I think one of the hardest sports to announce is actually baseball. And people may, you know, not understand that at first. But when you think about it, there's so many moments of silence. Like, you got to keep conversation rolling for nine innings, three and a half hours, pitch after pitch, 30 seconds in between each pitch. It's not an easy thing to do. Hockey, it's fast-moving. Pavlicek rips it around the boards over to Ruzioni. Ruzioni back to Pavlicek and slap shot no good. And back the other way they go. You know, it's fast. And I didn't realize horse racing, calling a horse race, although it's fast, is not an easy thing to do. Do you hear some of the names they have on the horses? It's not even like a name for a horse. It's like a phrase. So it's not just one name you bust out. It's like a little poem or a, or, or a phrase that they name the horse. I mean, this guy had, had his hands full. You should have heard some of the names he was calling out. She loves me, she loves me, takes an early lead as Mary had a little lamb, little lamb, little lamb. Mary had a little lamb. Her sheets were white as snow, trails behind, coming around the bend there. 
It's getting dark out. Maybe it's time to head home now for dinner. Starting to make some ground around the turn here as they prepare for the second laugh. And my God, again, here comes Mary. Had a little lamb, little lamb, little lamb. Her sheets were white as snow as she comes pushing on behind. It's going to be close here, folks. And look at that. It's Mary. Had a little lamb, little lamb, little lamb. Her sheets were white as snow. Has won the Breeders' Cup. Like, that guy's got to be exhausted. Go gargle some salt water, why don't you? You talk about a mouthful. The guy's face had to be purple by the end of that race. I mean, that is a tough sport to call. Mind you, he only has to call it every, what's the Kentucky Derby? Once every year? Breeders' Cup once a year? You know, he shows up four times to the racetrack. Might as well give it everything he got. But these these names of the horses, it, it, it doesn't make it easy. Guy shows up four times a year, you know, and just gives it everything he has, just empties the tank by the time the race is done. But another thing that, that kind of, of course, while I'm watching this, I'm thinking of jockeys, okay? If you want to be a jockey, they, they tell you in, you know, don't discriminate, don't, you know, human. but the bottom line is if you have aspirations of being a jockey, you have to be a midget. If not a legal midget, you got to be pretty damn close to a legal midget to where you could make a legal case for you being a legal midget. Because these things, these people, these jockeys are small. You don't want to put too much weight on the horse. You know, you don't want to be Charles Barkley riding the horse. It's going to wear down that thoroughbred a little bit. But my God, are these jockeys small. So it made me think, at what point in these people's lives did they realize, hey, I want to be a jockey? Mom and Dad, I want to be a jockey. Did you just go for your physical? And the doctor said, yep, we got a jockey on our hands. You're going to max out at four foot six. Go ahead, find yourself the nearest stable and start riding away. You know? Like, it is ridiculous how small you have to be. And it's a shame because there may be somebody out there that's six foot eight, 240 pounds. They can't be a jockey. You could be a jockey. You're just not going to be a good one. You know, so you really have no choice. There's no control in that. You know, at least like the NBA, you have a small point guard. You have a Muggsy Bugs every once in a generation where you could still be small. You could still be successful. You know, look at J.J. Barea for the Dallas Mavericks point guard. That guy hasn't grown an inch in 18 years. Still a pretty decent point guard. But at what point do you decide, hey, mom and dad, I want to be a jockey? You know? Do you just say, fuck it, I don't think I'm going to grow, let me head on over to the stable like Doc recommended? You know, and then while all the kids, you know, after school, your, your parents drop you off at whatever sport it is that you choose. Some are getting dropped off at hockey practice, baseball practice. Are they just driving you to the stable? Is that how you, you start prepping? And if you do want to start prepping, do you have to ask somebody to borrow a horse? You know what I mean? It's not like you just go out to Dick's Sporting Good, buy a baseball glove, and baseballs are tossing around the front lawn. No, you got to go out and buy a thoroughbred. I don't think they have that at Dick's Sports. It's like being a NASCAR driver, Danica Patrick. Where, where did she start? You know? What do you just go, go to the local carnival and just start playing bumper cars till you could build up enough money to get a race car? And then when you do buy the race car, you need a place to race it. 
They don't have that in after-school activities. You just take a couple laps on the track, on the high school track in your race car. Same thing with these horses. How, how do you get your kids started in being a jockey? What, do you just Google barns near me, local stables, and just start have them start galloping along? You know, it's just, it, it's a weird thing. This is like the only thing that I could think about while watching the race. But then at the end of the race, I love the interview with the jockey. Because the jockey talks like the horse is a human being. Because, you know, they, 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 they spend every single day together. Some of the jockeys, too, they go a little mental on you. So they just sleep in the stable with, with, with Seabiscuit or whoever it is, you know, that they're working with. But in the interview, the horse comes for the interview as if the horse is going to be interviewed, too, after they win. It's like, what will you do now that you have won the Breeders' Cup? Uh, you know, I think we may just kick back and watch a movie. The new Netflix movie with Robert De Niro just came out, so maybe we'll just take it easy. Order some uh, order in tonight. And then really, you know, enjoy this victory. And the horse is just next to him, just kind of like nodding his head like, yeah, I'm about that action for sure. You know, it, it, like the, the whole interview process at the end is just, it, it's very funny. It's very strange. And the horse waits out the entire interview, and then at the end, you know, they just kind of head on out with each other, and they see each other next year, next year's Breeders' Cup. So, uh, you know, I, I watched the Breeders' Cup. I, I had so many things going through my head at that time, rather than just the race. You know, even the build-up to the race, you got to wait so long just to get it going. You don't know who any of the horses are. But do not underestimate the skill it takes to commentate a horse race. Really fascinating stuff. To Congrats to Mary Had a Little Lamb, Little Lamb, Little Lamb. Moving on. Well, Grace, this, this, uh, this had to be addressed. I saw on the news the other day, okay? I'm reading this right now. Fox News, El Chapo's wife, Emma Corono Aspuro is in talks to join VH1's new TV series, Cartel Crew. The good old double C's, the Cartel Crew. So what VH1 plans to do is just wound up a couple ladies of the cartel, mistresses, wives, girlfriends of the cartel, put them in, the, put them in a room together and make a reality series out of this. This is what we've come to in 20, 2019. Now, who is the guy going out that has to recruit the cartel's wives? Seriously. You imagine getting them to sign non-disclosure agreements? Yeah, calling Pablo Escobar. Hey, Pablo, um, I really like your wife for this new hit series that I'm going to start, Cartel Crew. However, she can't discuss it. Till it airs, can I just get you to sign here, here, and here? Or is is the member of the cartel? Are they allowed to come on set and check it out? You imagine trying to go into El Chapo's wife's trailer to tell her that we got five minutes till we got to start shooting. What if she runs a little bit late? Do you say something? If you do say something, do you have to worry about the cartel coming for you? 
I mean, there there is nothing good that can come out of this TV show besides the fact that it's going to be a fascinating TV show. I'll be watching, no doubt about it. I told you in last week's segment, I love the Kardashians. I really think I'm going to love the cartel crew. You know, what if El Chapo calls her while she's on set? Can she take the call? If she doesn't take the call, does Chapo now get a little bit worried? Who's, who's in charge of the cartel here? Is there a bring your husband to work day where they're just going to show up with their AK-47s and just shoot up the place if they don't like a certain scene? Are, are, are they going to lash out at Americans if the view, if the ratings aren't good? I mean, who, who's in charge of all of this? The cartel crew. I mean, it's a reality TV show. So, so what if, what if Miss Chapo Guzman just shoots somebody in the head? Oh, hey, yeah, guys, we're going to have to run that again. Sorry, we didn't get the camera angle that we liked. Is there anybody else you're pissed off at that you could put a bullet into their head? Let's go ahead and run that back, please. Hopefully we won't have to do it one more time. We're losing lives here, guys. We're losing daylight and we're losing lives. Let's go. Hurry up. It's getting dark out here. Somebody get this this body out of here. Let's pick a new one. And action. Like, what the fuck? It's just, it's just, it's mind-blowing to me that we, not only just to think of the thought of that show, it's a good thought, but it's not really a thought you go out and you execute, you know? Like, oh, you know, you're stoned to shit, wouldn't it be cool if you gathered up all the wives of the cartel and stuck them in a room together? You don't actually go out and execute that. This is what VH1 is going to do. How are they going to fly them into the United States? Are they going to be, is it American Airlines? Am I going to be sharing an armrest with Miss Chapo at some point in my life? As she heads on into VH1 Studios? I mean, what, what good is going to come out of this? I love the name, too. I think, I think the name is great. Cartel Crew. Straight, blunt, right to the point. Not hiding anything. We are what we are. The cartel crew. They're just gonna they're just gonna be strolling around Santa Monica Boulevard. Ah oh, yeah, there's Miss Chapo. Love your work and cartel crew. Keep it going, you're a great talent. I mean this is just this is ridiculous. Looking at all the articles for it now. My goodness. Whew. Had to get that out. Anywho, Grace, we're going to go ahead and move on. Grace, you know what I saw the other day is a video on Facebook from one of these Tony Robbins seminars. This guy's selling out arenas like it's nobody's business. He, he sold out the Staples Center the other night. It's unbelievable. Have you seen the entrances, He, he how, the way he comes out? And all right, folks, it's time for Tony Robbins. There's fireworks shooting off. Smoke's blowing out of all, all parts of the arena. It's like you're at an Army versus Navy game. There's planes flying over the stadium. He comes barreling out through the doors like he's Ray Lewis. He's just crawling around the stage. Ripping his shirt off. Let's fucking go! 
and the people are going bananas. I mean, I, I, I'm not, I'm not a Tony Robbins guy, really. That's not like my thing. I got nothing against him. I just think with that, it's either you're either all in, or you're out. There's no, there's no middle ground on the Tony Robbins train. I mean, it's unbelievable. It's like a huge spectacle. There's people out tailgating for this. They got beef brisket in the smoker that they put in their in their Chevy Tahoe. They've been tailgating for like four hours for Tony Robbins. There's beers going around, keg stands. It's like some of these people, you know, it's like, aren't you like a recovering alcoholic? You know, you got to be very careful. You can't just go bringing kegs to Tony Robbins. There's beer vendors. They're selling tall boys. It's like, this is supposed to be... You know, th- this is this is a circus. You know, the guy the guy is brilliant. You know, and, and you, you want to get through your problems, but you want you don't want to get through your problems with forty thousand other people. You know, it's like who the hell is this guy? Who the fuck does this guy think he is that he's going to make me walk over fire right now? That's part of the seminar too. You just start jumping over fire, walking across coal. You know how many insurance claims there's been on this? Tony Robbins made me walk over coal, and now my feet will never be the same. Mentally, I feel great, though. Thank you, Tony. I mean, it's fascinating what these guys are doing. It's like that It's like that Joel Olstein. What's his name, Grace? The priest, the young priest, just sells out every single arena there is. This guy's using Jesus to sell out Madison Square Garden. He doesn't care how he does it. I mean, it's brilliant. It's working. It's like he gets commission on every hot dog sold. So it's like, Jesus wants you to have a hot dog. The whole place will then be eating hot dogs. There'll be ballpark Franks going around left and right. Joel Osteen just made 250 k on selling ballpark Franks on his hot dog commission during a, during a church service. I mean, these guys are changing the game. They're shooting out t-shirts everywhere. They got their face on billboards. Tony Robbins is crushing it. He's good. You know, I enjoyed it. Sometimes his videos come up and, and I watch and whatnot. But it's like a it's like a cult in there. I mean, these guys are hardcore. He's like the uh he's like the Charles Manson of priests, this Joe Oldstein. I mean, he he's got these guys, I mean, they'll they'll do anything that he says. These guys are fired up to be there. It's a spectacle. Nowadays in L.A., there's a bunch of traffic. You're wondering if Tony Robbins is in town. Is Donald Trump playing golf at L.A. LA uh, Country Club? Is that why Secret Service has this A1A all backed up right now? It's like, no, actually, uh, Tony Robbins is speaking on life. It's going to take you 40 minutes to get home now. Thanks a lot, Tony. Let me tell you, if he has me try and walk across the fire... I'm going to be like, fuck that, Tony. I want to see you do it first. No way. There's no way to prepare for walking over fire. It's like, Dad, hey, do you mind uh, you mind lighting up the barbecue? I got to go see Tony Robbins tomorrow at 9 a.m., so I'm just going to walk across it a couple times. Get my feet ready to go to go see Tony tomorrow. That's like one of his things. He has you walk across fire. It's a spiritual type of thing. Pretty incredible. 
pretty incredible. I got to got to tip my cap to the guy. Guy's just rolling in dough. Anywho, moving on. Pardon my French, but holy shit, Grace, I believe it's time for everybody's favorite time of the week, my time of the week. It's the Ass Bob segment. Every week, week by week by week, Tuesday by Tuesday, I tell you folks out there, dial it in. Let's do it. Questions, comments, concerns, lay it on me. This first question is coming out of some city in Seattle that I cannot pronounce. This is from Jay Alexander. No relation to the running back Sean Alexander, who actually was a running back for the Seattle Seahawks. Believe it or not. Maybe maybe one of the worst players to be on a Madden cover. That or uh, maybe Peyton Hillis. For those of you Madden folks out there, probably one of the weaker players to be on a Madden cover. Anywho, Mr. Alexander, sticking with the football topic. Bob, what are your top five teams in the NFL right now? I got them coming your way, Alexander. I really like this kind of listing off like the top five things. I've been doing that in the Ask Bob segment a lot. I don't know. I enjoy it. Anywho, you want the top five football teams in Bob's book? I'm going to give you the top five football teams. Number five, from least to best, number five, I got the Minnesota Vikings. This may be a surprise to some. I think they're loaded. Dalvin Cook looks ridiculous. Monster thighs, very tough to stop. They don't change as much on the road. I like teams who who stick to the same scheme on the road. I don't think Minnesota's very rattled when they're away. I think like a team like the Cowboys, they, they, they look like a total different team when they're at a away game. I don't think Minnesota gets rattled on the road. I like Minnesota at five. Number four, I'm going with the 8-0, maybe 9-0 after Monday night football tonight. San Francisco 49ers, they're tough all around. Phenomenal coach and Kyle Shanahan. Look out for the 49ers. My goodness. Number three, Lamar Jackson and the Baltimore Ravens. These these boys, they're tough. By the way, Lamar Jackson, as good as he is, had without a doubt the worst Heisman Trophy speech I've, I, I've ever heard. You were feeling for the guy. You know, he was emotional, but it was an erratic Heisman speech, nothing to do with my top five, but when you get a chance, type into YouTube Lamar Jackson Heisman speech. It is a disaster. Love the guy, though. Class act. Tough to stop. That's your MVP of the year. Number two, I'm going with the New Orleans Saints. Don't know what happened in New Orleans against the Falcons this week. I'm not looking that much into it. That defense is special, and any offense with Drew Brees is special. Look out for the Saints in number two. If they can get a couple home games in the playoffs, tough to win in the Superdome on the road. Not an easy thing to do. That place gets rocking. Saints are tough. Number one, I hate to say it, Joey Coldcuts, if you're listening, I'm sorry your Packers aren't in the top five. Hate to say it. We try and deny it year after year after year. We make up some sort of ridiculous thing of why the New England Patriots are not the number one team in the NFL. Hate to tell you, they are the number one team in the NFL. Put it this way, they're just about a lock to lock up that number one seed in the playoffs, which means they get a bye. 
for the first week. They're in New England for two games till they're in the Super Bowl. And it's scary. It really is. I thought that I, I was hoping that the Chiefs would be able to contend with them. Their defense is Swiss cheese. Brady's just going to cut that thing up. But you think about New England with two home games to get to the Super Bowl, you have to put the Patriots as the favorite. You got to do it. Anywho, that does it for us here, folks. Episode 23 and an absolute beauty. I'm Big Game Bob. Behind the glass. Gracie Ibrahim. Just keeping this train rolling right along. We got some big news in the works for you folks. Can't announce it till it's official. Boy, do I want to. But I can assure you, the first to know will be the Brilliantly Dumb Show podcast listeners. It's not going to Instagram. It's not going to take place there. It's going down on the Brilliantly Dumb Show. We're going to wait till it's confirmed. If it is confirmed, we're hoping it will be confirmed. You'll be the first to know. We're excited. We're going to keep this train on rolling. Could be a week, could be two weeks that we announce it, but it's coming. It's brewing. Keep your eyes peeled and your head on a swivel. I'm Big Game Bob, signing off for the week. You take care. Have yourselves a damn good week. We will see you next Tuesday. Now, take care, folks.